Welcome back to the podcast, episode 85. As always, you're here with your host, Hoopin Saney. Um, today's deep dive is on Kawhi Leonard, one of my favorite players, and uh, someone who's brought your country some glory, yep. Saney. Yep. Yep. Don't get it twisted. Brown skin, still Canadian. Yep. Um, from the, pro- <laughs> the province of Nova Scotia, which I hope uh, to visit one day. All right, well... Hoop is just dropping my Addy to all my ops right now. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm uh, from New York for what that's worth. Yeah. All right. Um, no, man. Yeah, I'm excited because I think, um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say you don't know anything about Kawhi Leonard, but there's definitely a certain chapter in Kawhi's career that um, I firsthand saw the positive outcome from. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about that and kind of give my perspective on how things were uh we all know what i'm talking about but we'll get to it absolutely we'll get to it uh and as someone who i mean i was really into 2k back in you know 2016 2017 who was as a, as a young it? high schooler who and was like it? Ma- maybe even more than like you know i wasn't watching the nba every night i had school and whatever yeah so yeah. to see what unfolded with the load management stuff in san antonio was actually crazy um i went really deep into research on that i learned a lot that it, yep. it explains a lot to like what he's doing now, why he feels the way he feels about his injuries. And yep. it's, it's so unfortunate for such an amazing player to go through that. Um, but let's get into the draft, shall we? Yeah. It was, yeah, I like always, it was 2011. Uh, the year he was drafted. This is when Kyrie went number one. He was the 15th pick, which might be the lowest of the players we've done a deep dive on. So if, if you want me to run through them. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say the teams. It was Kyrie Irving, Derek Williams, Ennis Cantor, Tristan Thompson, Jonas Valanciunas, Jan Vesley. I apologize if I mispronounced. He wasn't good enough. That's that's why I can't hard to pronounce it right. Uh, Bismack Biombo, Brandon the Stray. No, nah, bro. Like if if he was that nice, I'd know his name. So I know he wasn't nice. <laughs> Yo, who gotta do a Jan I'd... Weasley? What's his name? Ron Weasley? V- Jan Weasley. <laughs> oh, Jan Weasley. No, nah, that's so disrespectful. I'm playing. That guy, bro, if you're listening, you probably made millions of dollars, and my opinion does not matter to you. So He uh, uh, he played three years in the league for what that's oh, worth. Oh, three years. That's at least like a mil and a half, right, on a minimum contract. So, um, hey, congratulations. We're, we're, we left off at eight. So, Brandon Knight, Kemba Walker, Jimmer Fredette, Clay Thompson, Alec Burks, both Morris twins, and then Kawhi Leonard. Um, uh, Jimmer Fredette deep dive is coming. Wow. It's hilarious that the Morris twins both went ahead, went ahead of Kawhi because since they're yeah, it was, a similar it was Phoenix position, and Houston, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. there. It's definitely like Kawhi was absolutely on their draft board as a as a forward, and they Has just happened to, to pick a Morris twin that uh, shot chucks for no reason. I feel and like the Morris twins were back to back. I feel like the Morris twins were back to back just because they were twins and it would have created like some sort of media spark. You know what I mean? Like they oh, just twins did that back to back with the Thompson Ahmed, twins. Yeah, Ahmed and Asar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, twins just like being drafted back to back, bro. It like creates a media spark, you know. So they were definitely just trying to, you know, you know what I yeah, mean, right? Yeah, you know. Um, but at fifteen, Kawhi was actually drafted to the Pacers. Um, now the draft by the Pacers was not serious because they already had Paul George and Danny Granger. They were sending him to the Spurs for George Hill. Uh, and I was reading that George Hill was apparently a fan favorite in San Antonio at the time. Um, Pop loves him, but he shipped him off for 
I mean, obviously yeah. the deal makes sense now. And it made sense for the Pacers as well. If Kawhi was a higher pick, they would have got more. But at the 15th, you know, George Hill was a real solid point guard. People forget that. Now, um, I would have looked into this if I knew you were going to say that. So do not take my word for it. But I do remember seeing something that uh, the hard, the 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 player that hurt Pop the most to trade was George Hill. I don't know. I, I, I remember seeing something like that. Do not take my word for it. I would have looked into it, obviously. So don't take any credibility from my end. But look into that. But George Hill and Popovich had a great relationship. And he was a favorite in San Antonio. Yeah, that's that's all I read on the article. So I'm, I'm yeah. trusting I'm trusting the author on that one. Yeah. Um, but you know, I always go with the draft comparisons on these guys. The NBA comparison for Kawhi was, sorry, Luke Mbamute slash Gerald Wallace, for what that's worth. Um, if you want me to say his strength, think of, think about his game right now while I read off his strength. A hybrid forward with terrific length. He has a high motor and plays the game with a lot of energy. Spends majority of the game on the perimeter, but occasionally shows the ability to play with his back to the basket. Uses an effective turnaround jumper. This is like absolutely Kawhi. Inside when posting up. An agile athlete. His strides are extremely long and covers a lot of space when running the floor. Uh, this is showing improvement for college years. His shooting has improved and has become a respectable threat from the outside. Operating out of the triple threat, he combines a nice jab with a fairly quick and long first step to create separation. He has a strong preference going to his pull-up jumper, and once he gets into a rhythm, he can string a number of makes together. His length and high release makes his jump shot very difficult to contest. Is that not Kawhi Leonard? I want to say this, and I mentioned this to you right before we started recording because we brought it up. I don't want people to think that uh, scouts are like these gurus and they just get it 100% right every time. Uh, we've been doing superstars on these deep dives, so... When a scout gives high praise to a player like that, it's very easy for them to be right when we're talking about the players we talk about. That is an amazing, 100% accurate. I agree. But I just feel like we have this trend where every single player we do, the scout is like spot on. And that's just not the case. Like 90% of the prospects that go into every track. Yeah. And you know, so and I you just want to like clarify that we're picking out like the min minority of players who get their scouting report like spot on. And we're doing them back to back to back to back. So it seems like these scouts should be getting paid like max contracts. <laughs> yeah. Because they're yeah. just like predicting these players' uh, careers perfectly. Um, but that is that is spot on. Shout out to that scout. And and also with a top 10, 15 pick, these guys are they're they're the same exact person. Yeah. So it's like it's gonna, <laughs> yeah. if it's gonna be basically what they were doing in college at the NBA level. The real <laughs> the real scouts, like the real work would be with a late second rounder. Like a yeah. development piece, like a Jokic or a Giannis. I'd love to see a Jokic or Giannis scouting report. Well, we're going to do a deep dive on them for sure. So uh, Giannis was drafted fifteenth. Uh, but I'm saying, oh, I'm, the, a developmental piece, as in, ah, there's right, no right, right. way he, he came from they Greece. Knew Giannis was, was going to bulk. There out. was no scout. Giannis had very little film on him. Apparently, he came from Greece. I'm saying, like, he so was absolutely a developmental pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like fair. Like the the it would it would definitely be interesting to see. Um, no, but the, it's just funny how how like. Every single scout we do just seems like a genius. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving him names. I'm, got, I'm not giving him no credit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as the draft goes, it's pretty simple. He put on a Pacers cap, was shipped off to San Antonio to a dwindling but still alive dynasty. Right. That right. was a smooth transition. That was a very smooth transition. And though Kawhi was drafted at 15, he was still held to a very high regard 
when it came to how he could translate in the league. With major media outlets like Bleach Report making cases in the offseason of the, of the season that he was drafted um, that Kawhi could not only shine in his rookie year, but that he was a sleeper pick for rookie of the year. Like, he had very, very high levels of... Like, I, going 15th... Now, again, I wasn't into basketball in 2011, so I don't know what the media was like. I know, obviously, Kyrie was huge. But to know a player like Kawhi, who wasn't even a lottery pick, was already getting shouts for rookie of the year makes me think what led to him being picked at 15, right? But Kawhi makes an immediate impact for the Spurs from the first season he played there. Prior to Kawhi showing up as a rookie, the Spurs had our dear friend, Richard Jefferson, suit up for 81 games where he started in each of each of those games as the starting small forward. The following season, Richard plays 41 games for the Spurs where he started every single game uh, up until the trade deadline. He was ultimately shipped off to Golden State and the starting small forward spot freed up. Kawhi bounced in and out of the starting lineup when Richard was there, but he did not become the solidified starter until Richard left. And this was the season with the lockout, so it's not like he had, excuse me, of 41 games to start after that. Uh, I believe this season was 60-something. I don't have the specific number, but he finished off the season starting the, staying in the starting lineup for the Spurs. This led Kawhi to have the successful rookie campaign that media outlets were projecting them to have, even though he was drafted at 15th, and he earned himself a spot on the all-rookie first team. Now, being drafted at 15th, earning any all-rookie spot, that automatically makes your rookie career a success. It, you, you exceeded expectations, of course, right? It was as early as the 2012 offseason, which was right before Kawhi's sophomore run, sophomore run, apologies, that the media placed the tag of the next face of the Spurs on Kawhi. And heading into Kawhi's season, he should be looked at as the second option for them, with statements being made about Kawhi like the best rookie San Antonio has seen since Duncan. Kawhi from the jump was seen as an exceptional defender and someone who could be the anchor of the Spurs defense. And while Kawhi did relatively have the exact same numbers efficiency-wise, his total shots went up, of course, which led to him having an increase in points per game, as well as every other major stat that is counted for in the league. Kawhi also showed that he can elevate his game come playoff time very early in his career, foreshadowing his ability that he possesses to take things up to another notch when the pressure hits. You'll notice it is a common reoccurrence in Kawhi's career that playoff time is when we truly witness his talent. Just something to keep in mind as we continue in the episode, but I'm not going to go too in-depth with that right now. Kawhi's second season, he already got a taste of the NBA Finals. Taking the heat to seven games, but ultimately losing, but it is interesting to note that Kawhi elevated his game even more come finals time. I'm not going to read off stats, by the way. If you aren't new to these deep dives, you'll notice I'm refraining from just viewing numbers. I'd rather talk about the significance behind the story rather than just be super analytical. But Kawhi was showing one of the most important traits to look for in a potential superstar, which is the ability to rise to the occasion. <laughs> the ability to make LeBron scared at the free throw line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to talk about that right now. Kawhi's third season, which is the season where I believe Kawhi truly established himself as being the Spurs' next cornerstone, is where things took a great man for the man's career, or a great turn for the man's career. Sorry. Again, improving across the board stat-wise with less, min less minutes per game, might I add. And once again, rising to the occasion and elevating his game across the board come playoff time. This was, of course, the year that the Spurs spanked the Heat. 
Kawhi earned his first Finals MVP, becoming the second second youngest player in NBA history to earn the honor, only behind Magic Johnson. Now, I want to throw a curveball at you here, Hoop, and I want to begin our first little bit of banter in this episode. We're about 12 minutes in, so it's a perfect time to. I have two questions for you, and I'm going to start with our first one. Do you agree with this narrative that Kawhi Leonard shut down LeBron James during the 2014 NBA Finals? Not shut down. How would you explain Kawhi's performances on LeBron? Well above serviceable and well above the... I don't know if I want to say quality of player he was because Kawhi is that good, but it was more than what the Heat had on their scouting report. How about that? Right. That's a good that's a, that's a good answer. Because you obviously <laughs> know, we all know that in narrative of like, oh, LeBron was scared of Kawhi. Yeah, oh, LeBron yeah, was nah. getting Bro, shut down. Okay. My answer to it is that it's LeBron James and LeBron was still knocking shots down. And a player like LeBron is bound to turn up the stat sheet every game. But a, by, a guy like Kawhi forces him to be in an uncomfortable situation, which disrupts his rhythm in the game. And I believe that Kawhi held LeBron back from being able to take over a game and win the game single-handedly for the Heat because the Heat ultimately choked as a team. Other than LeBron James, who really stood out? There was that one little Ray Allen dunk. That's, that's the only thing I remember from the Heat in that 2014 finals. That, that was tough, though. You know what I'm <laughs> that, talking about, though, right? Like, tough. that's it. Yeah. That's all I was like. They, they, they wasn't doing nothing else. And I feel like Kawhi held LeBron's ability back from being able to, and we've seen LeBron do this time and time again, just single-handedly take over a game. Um, so, I mean, hats off to Kawhi. And my second question, where do you rank Kawhi's finals MVPs in the 2010s? He hit a lot of big shots. He had one game where in the first quarter he had like 14 points, 16 points. I just watched the highlights the other day. Um, we were like the most, like just in a first quarter of, of maybe a 1-1 series at the time, because it did go 1-1, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I don't want to say like Andre Iguodala, for example, is like the other one we talked about privately. It's like, oh, that's yeah. a weaker finals MVP. Yeah, of course it is. Um, and no, no disrespect to Andre, man. Like it's still a finals MVP. But all, so yeah, with Andre, obviously, you know, I, I don't want to say it's not deserved, but, you know, I feel like Steph Curry should have got it. Uh, but with the other finals MVPs of the 2010s, I mean, you start off with someone like Dirk. And I think Dirk's finals MVP is a little overrated. And people say it was a carry job. He played incredible, but it was not a, a carry job by any means. That, that series, that whole entire ring, the whole playoffs was one off defense. He, he he shot like un, like like low 40s. He, he shot right? poorly. I, mean, I don't yeah. want to say that like, Oh, Jason Terry, because he shot incredible from three in the finals. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say, you know, he deserves it because he's hey. really just spotting up and Dirk's gravity is opening that stuff up. Like Dirk did what he was supposed to do. But it's yeah, not yeah, this, it's not this, for example, like the Jokic performance we just saw. It's, yeah. it's not like that. Where it's I'm like not disrespecting is, Dirk, by the way, with I, that statement. That's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, like, yeah, if yeah, we yeah. got to rank him, you got to put him in order. And, yeah. you know, with the other Kevin Durant's and KD's 2017 was incredible. LeBron, like, it is going to be second to last. So, yep. we're Kawhi, yeah, I agree. second to last. I, 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 I agree. I, I put Dirk's over it. Dirk and Kawhi is, like, neck and neck with me in terms no, of, like, their finals. I, I can't. I can't do that. I'm putting Dirk's over him. I can't do that only because the Spurs had so much offensive talent as far... Offensive talent and just IQ. Like, the way Kawhi was schemed to get open, 
it's like Mano Ginobili and Tim Duncan and Boris Diaw playing incredible basketball to like hit him in his spots. Dirk was a lot of more get it your own. So as far as the like, you know, Kawhi had some mid-range highlights where he had to post someone up, like we read in the scouting report, like post up a smaller guy, do a little post fade uh, or one dribble pull up. Fair. But I don't want to compare Dirk's offensive load to Kawhi's because no, no, Kawhi... no, offensively Dirk clears. Oh, because yeah, obviously defense. I just but... think defensively, like I think yeah. that I think the fact, and this is this is just a testament to how good LeBron James is. I think the fact that Kawhi was able to hold LeBron James back from single-handedly taking over a game automatically puts me puts him in this like elite defensive performance for yeah, me in the finals. Yeah, of course, in a finals run and. While obviously LeBron still, I think LeBron shot over fifty percent. He still averaged like twenty seven. I don't have the numbers on hand. Um, he still played amazing. He, he held them b- below. He, you know, he held them below yeah. like the Lathanos we saw in yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, and I don't think there was that big of a difference from twenty fourteen LeBron to Cleveland LeBron, right? Like, so that's the only reason why I think it's closer to me than it is to you. But I have Dirk over him. I agree with you. I agree with you in that sense. Um, but I mean, I, the, I, I just I thought it was something cool I, to bring up because yeah, I feel like. I, I feel like nobody talks like ranked finals MVPs. You know what I mean? Like that's Absolutely. not a conversation. Um, and the one thing I do want to say about his defense, people will see like if you, I don't know what the exact stats are, but let's say LeBron shot 55%, dropped 28 points a night, six hey. assists, seven rebounds. It's like, yeah, he dropped 28, but that defense may have held him back from from dropping, you know, 40. You, it, from 40. You know what I yeah. mean? Like when people, I made a Patrick Beverly video on TikTok a while ago. It was him harassing Damian Lillard on defense. People in the comments like, yo, Dame had 40. And like, let's say the the, um, the Clippers or Pat Beverly was on or whatever team he was on is up by like five. It's like, yeah, but he might have just won them the game. If you know, he, yeah, yeah, Dame dropped forty, he maybe just but stopped like, him from dropping like, forty five. Exactly. Like, like look at the important. impact. Look yes. at look at how it affects the game. Look at like is 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 Pat Bev uh, harassing Dame, putting the shot or giving the shot to another player on that court, and Dame's not going to take that last shot. You know what I mean? Like you're right. Yeah. Like, hypothetically yeah. speaking, like just because a player plays great. If you take a player out of a certain situation just once and you win a game by a possession, defensively you did your At, job. Bro, Kevin Kevin Love against Steph Curry is one of the, I don't want to say best, because I'll be honest, Steph is not someone who, maybe it's a hot take. I was talking about why Steph Curry is not great at hitting game-winning shots. He has a lot in the regular season. He does not, he's like one for, I don't know what the stat is, one for. Oh, it's very low. I know exactly what you're talking about. 16 something. I made a video on that. And I've it's seen the same because thing. the way Steph gets open is a lot of running off ball and he's using screens. Now, I'm not yep. saying Steph can't dribble and he can't make his own shot because he can. But coming down to a last second shot, he's not as great as creating space as someone like Damian Lillard or Kyrie Irving for a last second shot opportunity. Like That's the not one crazy had, to say it. No, it's not crazy at all. And I think it's completely yeah. normal. It's just going to sound yeah. bad because it sounds like I'm hating on Steph. But against right. Anthony Davis this season, he had two opportunities and he like kind of did the tween step back thing to get a little bit of space, but he, he doesn't, he's not as, as great creating those three point opportunities by himself. That's to say with the Kevin love thing, it's not that, you know, cause Steph was really looking for a three in that situation. He had no, uh, like alert of like, Oh, he's going to drive by me. He, he just had to stay in front of him, but it was a very mm-hmm. impressive defensive possession. And right. it was one that goes underrated because Kevin loves not a great defender, but that changes the game. You know what other you know what uh, other defensive possession on Steph Curry has never talked about to the point where I don't even know who was guarding him. Game six, the last shot uh, against Toronto, Steph misses that. Yeah, and Toronto goes and gets a free throw. Kawhi takes a free throws and they win the game. But Steph had a chance to not only yeah. tie it but take the lead with like 
point one left on the clock or like point four left on the clock, right? Like, what was it? What was the? So yeah, I I agree one hundred percent. That's that's that. I don't think that's ridiculous at all to say. Sorry, I just had to get my back there with the. Uh... I, but I'm trying I mean, not I think it's disrespectful like, to Steph Curry. I think, no, of <laughs> course. And I, I hope people understand we're not trying to be disrespectful towards anybody. We simply just try to just be state objective, facts bro. and objective. Like, there's no bias in this unless you listen Straight to the Kemp Um But there's no bias in these deep dives. But uh, I'd like to use this opportunity to segue you into Kawhi's superstardom in San Antonio because obviously after 2014, that's when we kind of like Kawhi is Kawhi that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. Most of this stuff is about the drama that goes on because that's what I'm interested in. Man, screw the basketball. Like I, I like the we know Kawhi's the Instagram narrative. Talk about the talk about the fun stuff. That's what I'm talking. So like, I mean, let's not skim over. He had two Defensive Player of the Year awards for a wing. Um, this was 15 and 16, and then he is top three in MVP voting, 16 and 17. One of those years overlaps in 2016. He won the Deep Boy and was second in MVP. Uh, 2016, Steph Curry, right? Um. So to say that Kawhi Leonard was like a top three player, top five player in the league is completely warranted. Um, when you place top three in two, MP- two MVP seasons and the defensive player of the year, three straight, because he did place third in that second almost MVP year, um, that is incredible. So the Spurs had someone that was not only a franchise cornerstone, but it was also someone that could get an old Tim Duncan, an old Matto Ginobili, an old Tony Parker, another ring. They were at the point where they were serviceable role players and they were just hungry for more hardware. And Kawhi was the guy to do it. Now, if you look into some playoff games, one that sticks out is game one against the Warriors Western Conference Finals 2017. Kawhi, in 24 minutes of playing, has 26 points with eight minutes and uh, 50 seconds something. In the third quarter, when the Spurs are up 23 against the Kevin Durant Warriors, newly four, he takes a fadeaway jumper. Zaza Pachulia closes out recklessly. Kawhi lands on Zaza's ankle, turns it, done for the series. The Warriors make a comeback that game down 23, mostly in the fourth quarter with Kawhi out, because now they got like an old man, Ginobili, being the only efficient guy out there. They got uh, LaMarcus Aldridge as well, who was a hooper. But that was the series. And that was, I'm not going to say that the Spurs would have won that because the Warriors, obviously, after game one can, you know, it's basketball. Things happen. But, but it's a series. Th- it's a series. And it's one that Kawhi was, like, not even touching his, like, late prime yet. Like, mm. his. Yeah. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Like, it irritates bro. me, bro. It irritates it, me. It really I was, does. I was grimming. Like, I, I don't like Zaza for that, bro. I hate him. I hate him. And shout out Westbrook. <laughs> shout out Westbrook. Uh, we can, already can know. You give, can you give some context for that? Bro, just know Russ, first of all, Zaza pulled the same ish on Russ where he, like, pushed him at the half-court line. Just know Russ got his get back. I've, I've never seen a player go for a block and not go for the ball like Westbrook did to Zaza. <laughs> Like he, he's genuinely <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, he just gave him bah, he just hit him like a whack a mole, whatever. You know, like, it was crazy. <laughs> I think it was also twenty seventeen. for the call, I'm a little sick. I think it was also um, twenty seventeen where Zaza was uh, leading the center position for the All Star voting. And yeah, Warriors and there was like that song on YouTube, like vote Zaza or something. That like guy that just and, like well, they had to make the, the Zaza cousins was so butthurt. Do you remember that? <laughs> America's Cousins was so mad about it. I remember that. Um, 
do you do you have anything else to say about that 2017? Cause... Well, I was going to lead it by saying that that injury has nothing to do with the load management that happened the next year. What I the last I... thing I'll say, I'll let you talk about 2017, but the whole like Kawhi and Kawhi does have degenerative knees, but in the the years leading up to the 2018 season and the 2016 season, which is the second MVP voting, he played 72 regular season, 10 playoff. Then the next year, he played 74 regular season and 12 playoff. And there was that game where he got injured by the Warriors. So he was like right. a steady guy up until a little quad tweak that just turned really sour, which I'm going to talk about. But I'll let you talk about 2017. I, just, I, I honestly, I, I made a prediction that you were going to ask me a question. And we talked about this a little, and I want to talk about it now because I was I'm surprised you didn't say this. I, I wanted <laughs> to give you the spotlight to say it, but you didn't say it. So now My I gotta fault. say it. My fault. What do we where do we view Kawhi legacy wise if he stays in that series and they win that series? Well, are he we saying he stays the, healthy like he and he plays the same way he played in game one and they beat the Warriors and Kawhi beats the Warriors. Dude, what do we how do we view Kawhi right now? So if you want to talk from a strictly like subjective standpoint, this is going to sound crazy. I I said it to you before. I think Kawhi Leonard is like the third best basketball player alive right now. I really hate the injuries yeah. that he has. And like, if you're just talking from a pure basketball player standpoint, one game, he might be the number one. Bro, I mean, Jokic is tough. Kawhi Leonard, though. Oh, oh man. That's... And I'm. And I don't even because like I'm gonna get into it later. When his knees started to break down, they had him corner sitting and not as act like the the whole reason the Clippers got Paul George a large reason was so Kawhi didn't have to defend the best player. Doesn't work since Paul George is always hurt. But with Kawhi, the funniest, it's going the funniest off, solution it's, for Kawhi. It doesn't work. But like if he was completely healthy and we saw this un untouchable offensive score with the lockdown, bro, he is the I, I think he's a top 15 player all time as like, I don't want to say baseline, but like, I think that's his range. And I think he could be top two. I have such high praise for a healthy Kawhi Leonard, dude. And that's just my subjective point. If you're talking objective, you're talking probably... straight, you're talking straight hoop talent. No, no, I'm just like as a basketball bro, player, that's all you're talking about. Look, right look at his playoff production, even no, with the injuries, bro. You're so you're talking pure basketball player right now. What are, you, what are you talking about? Like legacy? Like when you're ranking Kawhi, you're like top 10. You're well, not ranking. If you're, you're saying you're if, ranking he just, like, if he just beat the Warriors, then that it, it, he's maybe elevated to a oh, status you're where, I thought you were talking. I thought you were I'm still trying carrying to, I'm that trying point. To, I'm talking about I thought you were still okay. carrying that point of like Kawhi is top three and I no, love Kawhi. I, and, I, you said I just, right now. You said right now you think that. I had to get that out because I, I think Kawhi Leonard All right, is so I don't. I didn't I know when you segued. I didn't know when you segued back into the question. My bad. So if you were saying he's healthy and he beats the Warriors, um, he is viewed, I'll say on the same playing field as Kevin Durant. Cause I think at that time he was there. Yeah. He was not, it was like a half step down. Yeah. And I think after that series, I want to say that like, you know, you'd have a great LaMarcus Aldridge game. Kawhi's not going to hang 40 on him every night. Although, although he'll be really close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think. We're we're not gonna put him in that LeBron category. I mean, there'll be recency bias, but once the dust settles and like the off season, yeah. it's like yeah, him. There and was that are there close. was that conversation in 2019 with LeBron. That's what and I'm Kawhi saying. And like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of no. thing. Nobody's ever gonna be in LeBron. I I think it's unfair to even bring up LeBron's name in any of these deep dives until we do a LeBron James deep dive. I mean, Episode we talked 100. about like 
if we do a mellow, we got to talk rookie of the year. If we do Cade, no, like yeah, KD, yeah, of course. But, but I mean, like in terms of comparison, like bro, nah, like, oh, compare, nah. like, wait, you, no, there's not a single person on this planet that can be compared to LeBron James. Mike, Mike Michael Jeffrey Jordan, he didn't play but, against LeBron, so that's not. Oh, you, I just have to say that because you sound like you're glazing right now. Oh, just, well, why don't you take a look at our logo? <laughs> uh, legally, uh, that logo is a just a random guy with sunglasses. Um, hypothetically speaking. Did you want to go further into 2017, or can I move forward with the drama? No, I just wanted to ask that question. I thought you were going to ask that. Well, well, what was your answer to the question? Um, I didn't give my answer, did I? I no. think... Bro's ducking his own question. I think, I think if Kawhi beats that 2017 Warriors, call me crazy. Call me crazy. I think it goes LeBron and then Kawhi. That's how I would view that's it. How we, that's how about... I would have viewed the 2010 best players. The fact that you beat that Warriors team single-handedly alone... Makes it go LeBron Kawhi for me. For me, yes, but the the NBA would, you know. Well, no, think about it realistically, bro. Like, what do you mean realistically, bro? Like realistic, like like bro, look at it from Steph an unbiased standpoint. In, in that time, Steph was in all the Drake songs. It yeah, was yeah, like, for sure, for sure, Steph for sure. Curry with a pop sure. board, bro. They're not, sure, they're not but remember Kawhi the narrative? over Steph. We're looking at the we're comparing Steph now with the narrative we have of him right now after he got those Finals MVP with the Celtics and all that stuff, right? Think about the narrative back then. 2015, he loses it to Iggy. I believe Steph should have got it. You're right. 2016, he has a complete oh, meltdown. 2017, ooh. he has a complete meltdown. Bro, you're thinking of it from Steph's narrative right now. Think of the narrative of Steph Curry back then. If he doesn't win in 2017, nah, we look at Steph ooh. so differently right now, bro. We look, number one, there is no Magic Johnson comparison whatsoever. We don't even fathom the idea that Steph Curry could be near Magic he Johnson if he loses in 2017. And still lost. And still crazy. lost. And still lost. That's why I think that it would go LeBron Kawhi because if LeBron, if if Steph folds in 2017 or even 2018 by the way against Houston, I think we look at Steph completely different because of how that team was built. Completely different. 2019 he gets a pass cuz they all got injured. That's very interesting. Uh it, it goes to show like how Annoying the injuries NBA are in basketball. Is. It's so annoying. So, so many players, so many players are injury merchants where they can just like and no, no disrespect to Steph. No, no, no. That's so disrespect. No, Steph Curry's an amazing talent. Obviously, I believe he's a great if, if if he's not your top one, he has to be your top two point guard um of all time. But it's interesting, bro. Like, think about the like we have to think relative to the narrative at the time. What was the narrative of Steph Curry? This guy just had a complete meltdown in the finals. And you're telling me he got Kevin Durant. And he's still lost. There's, he didn't even um, go back to the finals. <laughs> he didn't even go back to the finals. And we're talking about like, come on. I, I mean, we can move on. I don't want to. And then Clay and Draymond are now role players. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> bro, that's such a straight. I mean, I'm just, bro. I'm just saying, bro. <laughs> the third and fourth players on a on a Western Conference Finals losing team. That's like a Derek yeah, White. Yeah, nah, they 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 would. I think they would split up that season i do not see them continuing that that experiment um and the last thing i'll say is if they stuck together i'm forgetting the entire team but it was a core of an old man tony parker let's say 35 36 an older manu 39 40 tim was retired and then you had lamarcus aldridge still in his prime he made he had all-star selections in san antonio a lot of dudes who go to san antonio i feel like lamarcus and DeRozan, their time there is forgotten and they were amazing um, like even the year Kawhi left, the Rosen had a, a very good winning season with them. There's just never good media coverage over there, man. Yeah, but also they had an, an older Pau Gasol with Pop coaching them. Like that team in the finals led by prime Kawhi Leonard? 
bro, that that team is like some old man, just like finesse. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the type of that's the type of play style you want come playoff time too. That's what I'm saying. They had a that's Danny what you Green, want. Patty playoff Mills. Time. They had that's what you play- want playoff oh. time. That's what you need playoff time, bro. You need look at Hoop. He's stressing. If you're listening on Spotify, <laughs> just know like. And I, I'll tell you this right now. Over I the year, I, I would happened. like to say, I would like to say that me and Hoop have gotten become very, very, very freaking close. And if there's one thing I could say about Hoop is that this man is like a ride or die Kawhi Leonard <laughs> for some reason. Like I've never seen him enjoy a player more than he enjoys the Knicks. And in my opinion, like, that's what it looks like. <laughs> no, because I mean, the, with all due respect, I mean the Knicks haven't had a guy that like. If oh if this happened he could have won a ring I'm talking in my viewing lifetime like I remember yeah, 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 the nostalgia of, of Mello but mm. like like man I wish that happened because I yeah. I actually did not enjoy watching like regular season basketball when the Warriors were a thing with KD there was no reason to there was no reason to there watch any other game because no nothing. one else was going to win nothing nothing it was actually it was just a race for second but I so think Houston it, got first a couple times so. But like I never took them seriously. Like if if the Spurs actually took a chink in the armor and then the some role players fall off the Warriors and we get like a hard oh, ring, bro, oh, yeah. I'm happy we're living in some in some parody now though. Oh yeah, um, no, I, I think the NBA is in a much better spot too because guys are more inclined to stay on like like be the be that guy, you know? Absolutely. Um, but we need to get into this because we're gonna be going for an hour and a half at this point, which is good. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, I, I I'm liking this. Um, but I mentioned before how. Kawhi in the years leading up to the whole uh, quad mysterious injury thing, he played a lot of games, um, and it was not the ankle with Zaza that held him out. Um, so he had like a quad. I don't even know. It wasn't like a tear. It was just an issue with his right quad. Where I have a whole timeline here going into September 30th of 2017. So this is the 2017-2018 season. Um, the injury was revealed and it was listed as probably missed the beginning of preseason, right? So this is obviously a, a misdiagnosis of sorts since it held him out so long. October 20th, Kawhi was filmed walking up the stairs to board a plane and was like severely struggling. I saw the video. He was, he looked like an old man. Um, and November 7th, Greg Popovich comes out and says he's coming along more slowly for whatever reason already like a very mysterious injury and for whatever reason to me i feel like i'm breaking down like an english essay sounds like he's a little upset so for whatever reason right this this dude's like not playing december 12th this is well into the regular season Kawhi plays his first game 13.16 minutes goes on to play in nine games over a 17 game stretch he didn't play back to back set out a couple played some games but like over a 17 game stretch he played nine and on steadily increasing minutes um, on the 17th, which is the end of that stretch, the last game, the ninth, he uh, is listed as out indefinitely to continue rehab. Now, a little later, on the 22nd, it's reported that a rift has been growing between Kawhi and the Spurs because the team went 4-1 and one during the games where Kawhi played more than 25 minutes. Um, the Spurs were still a winning team, but they went one and three after Kawhi had just left. So like after that third game they lost, like the the guys are getting upset because now they got a 39-year-old Manu Ginobili. I'm sorry, a 40-year-old Manu Ginobili. Al Gasol, who's 37, Tony Parker, who's 35. These guys are trying to win a ring. 
And when they got their superstar player out with an injury that was supposed to only hold him out till preseason, right? A little little quad thing that he's completely fine running on. It's just, right, he's sitting out because he's soft. These guys are upset because they want to win, but this guy's taking off time indefinitely to rehab it. Um, the Spurs were fourth in the West at this point after the three-game losing skid. They were 30-18, and 18, which is behind, I think, the Warriors, the Timberwolves at the time, and the Houston Rockets. Um, February 21st, a month later, Popovich says, I'd be surprised if he returns this season. March 7th, Kawhi says he's returning soon. Hard to explain his injury, but he's feeling more comfortable. March 22nd, right, this is after, like, a lot of time has passed, and Kawhi, like, kind of screwed up by saying, I'll be back soon, because he would not be back soon. Uh, Manu Ginobili came out and said, he's not coming back. For me, he's not coming back because it's not helping to think that he's coming back. We fell for it a week ago again. I guess you guys made us fall for it. But we have to think that he's not coming back. That's who we are. We got to fight without him. That shouldn't be changing, at least until he's ready for the jump ball. So he's upset that like these empty promises are coming back, not fulfilling. Tony Parker comes out and says, I was in rehab for eight, eight months, same kind of injury as Kawhi, but mine was a hundred times worse, but the same kind of injury. You just got to stay positive and come back. The Spurs at that point also listed when at the back end of the season, when he's done playing his games for the season, he was just out. They listed him as out for injury management, not for left or tear ACL, right? It was like injury management. So these guys, because they've never seen this before. These guys are like pissed off. Um, March 23rd, the Spurs hold a players only meeting asking Kawhi to return. It was described by Woj as tense and emotional. Danny Green says this can't be any more incorrect, but he's probably just trying to, you know, try not to let the Spurs go up in smoke. Um, April 16th, playoff time. Kawhi sits out the playoffs. The Spurs were beaten in five games in round one against the Warriors. Uh, after LaMarcus Aldridge scored 34 points in game two, Greg Popovich says, LaMarcus has been a monster all year long. He's led our team at both ends of the floor. He doesn't complain about a darn thing out on the court. He just plays through everything. I can't imagine being a more being more proud of a player as far as playing through adversity and being there for his teammates night after night after night. He's been fantastic. The next day, Pop dodged a question asking if he took a shot at Kawhi. Do you have anything to butt in with? Because I'm, I'm gonna be going off for a while. This thing is. It I gets remember. Crazy. I remember the players only meeting. Like I remember when that came up. Uh, I I completely forgot that Kawhi said he was gonna come back in March. I do remember like that. I I do remember like that whole thing. It was a big deal at the time because that was the first. And I remember there was rumors sparking. I don't know if you remember this. I'm going to kind of throw something random at you. There was rumors sparking. And like to this day, we there's like some people who put the blame on Popovich for this load management culture because Popovich allowed Kawhi to load manage. That's the I'm not saying that's that's the rumor. Um, And like Popovich kind of started this load managing culture uh, within apologies again. I'm a little sick within the NBA. Um which I don't know if I believe after hearing that like stretch because clearly he's like, come back, come back. Well, I think he did it with, I don't know how old Tim was, but it was with that those three, the the core, that was aging. And I feel like it was, maybe it was just at the regular, at the end of the regular season, which is what players do now. I don't yeah. think it was that significant. It was just viewed as like crazy because they used to play all 82 or whatever. Yeah, nowadays um, you don't, you don't see that. Yeah. That's um, interesting. But yeah, that's interesting. No, I, I forgot like 90% of that stuff happened. I only remember the players meeting. So after the right, the shot at Kawhi and when the after the playoff game, 
May 1st, it's reported. So this is the playoffs are already done. Season's over. May 1st, it's reported that Kawhi's agent and his uncle were at odds with other members of Kawhi's own camp. Kawhi's former agent also filed a lawsuit against his current agent. So, like, not only are the Spurs up in flames, but Kawhi's own people are up in flames about how to deal with this. And he has no idea what's going on with his leg. This is at a time where he's supposed to be an MVP candidate, someone who legitimately could have gave the Warriors a run for their money with these old Spurs players that are looking to win one more time. Um, that's why I say, like, it's so annoying that we didn't get to see that because that era of the Spurs could have been very interesting, like a bunch of old men and Kawhi Leonard. Like it would, it, it is an, annoying. Like I do hate when we miss out on prime years of players because there's, there's always so many what ifs. Um, but that's funny. I forgot. I I forgot like all about. Yeah, that. I I got more. I got more. June fourteenth is like a like a month later. Popovich travels to New York, which is where Kawhi was doing his rehab stuff, to try and repair the relationship and move on. This did not work. And Kawhi asked for a trade out of San Antonio. His preferred team was the Lakers, but the Clippers were also in the picture. Is uh, I'm pretty sure Kawhi's from California, right? He's born in LA. Yes, yes. Um, so there you have it. <laughs> Might be why he went there in free agency. July 18th, uh, four days later. I'm sorry. This was a month and four days later. <laughs> it was June 14th to July 18th. Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green are traded to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a protected 2019 first-round pick. DeMar had no idea this was coming. It was just an offer too good for the Raptors to refute. Unrelated to the trade, Danny Green said on a podcast that he too had an injury that was downplayed by the Spurs medical staff, and it ended up being worse than they expected. So two dudes, as soon as they leave the Spurs, crap on the medical team. Interesting. Interesting. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. I like that little transition you have for me in Toronto because, uh, you know, I'm the king uh, here. I'm not done. Oh, my God. But no, I, <laughs> Continue. No, I want to hear about like this. All is, right, so, I, did, I forgot about all of this. So I'm going to I'm going to say this. I want you to look it up, though. On August 9th, Kawhi released the most awkward thank you letter <laughs> to the Spurs organization I've ever seen. Look up, because I want you to read this while I can continue with this. Look up Spurs, because I read it before. I I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on here. Bro, it's the one where he says thank you like 10 times and like bold. San Antonio, I have been going back and I'll say when it's bold, by the way. San Antonio, <laughs> I have been going back and forth the last few weeks trying to figure out the right things to say. And it comes down to two simple words, bolded. <laughs> thank you. My family and I want to say bolded. Thank you to the entire Spurs organization and the people and fans of San Antonio. Bolded. Thank you to every one of my teammates I played with over the seven years in the NBA. Bolded. Thank you, Pop. I'll always be grateful for the growth under your guidance. Bolded. Thank you to the fans. There is not a more passionate or dedicated fan base than what I've witnessed in San Antonio. Through all the ups and downs, I'm glad there were many ups. Wait. For all the ups and downs, I'm glad there were many more ups. I'll never forget what we have shared and accomplished together. While I am looking forward to the next chapter in my career, I'll always remember the city and people of San Antonio. Bolded. Thank you. Is this what player, like, writing, like, you know media what? You know like what? There's with... always players that, that drop, like, essays and the most articulate, like, thank you letters that I know they he didn't write. He genuinely wrote that. He wrote that <laughs> shit. So, respect. <laughs> So I, 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 at least I know he's being genuine. Like he wrote that. Like I can tell Kawhi Leonard wrote that. Like some, like you see John Morant's like yeah, apology no, letter. Yeah, no, no, that was he so didn't right. write that. <laughs> he did not write that. He did. He Chad GPT'd that. 
Kawhi Leonard took the decency and the time out of his day to write that for San Antonio fans. So if you guys have any issue with that, that he didn't need to write you a thank you letter. He didn't need to say <laughs> thanks. And he took the time out of his day to do that. You can tell he wrote that, though. He said no, thank no, you not in a disrespectful times. way. Not in a disrespectful way. Uh, in terms of like he doesn't know how to like, like yeah, write, I mean yeah. in the way that like it just looks awkward like it just looks yeah. like he doesn't care <laughs> about the spirit like you could tell like he does not give a sh like a, 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 a crap about this thank you pop I'll always be grateful for you <laughs> he also put his shoe logo Bro. at the bottom if you see yeah that. he did he put the claw logo at the bottom he said thank this is this is his goodbye to Popovich Thank you. He didn't say Coach Pop. He just says, thank you, Pop. I'll always be grateful for your growth or for my growth under your guidance. Uh, the letter is also written in blue ink. In blue. As opposed, as opposed to black ink. That's No, that's Kawhi. That's 100% Kawhi. <laughs> that's the most Kawhi letter. Like, like not saying he wasn't genuine, but this is the most robotic like way somebody could say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was... is not a more passionate fan base than San Antonio. That's all I said. Um, oh, that's I was so funny. up just as much as you. And he says, I've been trying to figure out what to say for the last few weeks. It comes down to two words. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, he put a lot of thought to that, those two words, Imagine man. it. Here's the thing. I, I genuinely believe Kawhi sat there for a few weeks like this. <laughs> <laughs> he was pondering. Oh, indubitably. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, okay, what are we doing? Uh, um, um, I got more. Oh, my God. Um, on August 13th, this is a couple days later, Bruce Bowen, who is a Spurs commentator and former player, former player, um, yeah, sharply criticized Kawhi on TV, saying there's nothing but excuses going on with that guy's injury. <laughs> Bowen was immediately fired by the Spurs. This is likely because the Spurs wanted to sign Kawhi back in free agency after the 2019 season. September 24th, I wrote Kawhi awkwardly laughs at Raptors Media Day, um, which you just gave us a preview, preview of. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, November 26th, this is into the season. Um, when asked about Patty Mills, this is pop, when asked about Patty Mills filling the leadership role of former players Ginobili and Leonard, who had uh, Ginobili retired and then Leonard left, Popovich says, Kawhi was a great player, but he was not a leader. Manu and Patty were the leaders. Kawhi's talent will always be missed, but leadership wasn't his deal at the time. That may come as he progresses. Patty and Manu filled that role for us last year. Lamarcus Aldridge came a long way as a leader also. That's fair. That's fair to say. But Kawhi Leonard responded by saying, it's funny to me because I don't know if he's talking about last year or not, but I guess when you stop playing, they forget how you lead. The one thing I'll say about Kawhi is that I'm not in the locker room or anything. I don't know much about him. Yeah, it's all, all speculation from our... But Tim Duncan is one of the premier lead-by-example players. We know guys like him and Steph Curry are not ones to chew people out. That's what people like Draymond Green are for, and I'm imagining Popovich is that voice for the Spurs. Um, but with how they were hyping Kawhi up to be the next Spurs superstar, that was really the model. So I'm, I don't know if Pop is just being petty because he eventually regretted his comments. Um, but it could be just like out of spite. As I can to see why, accurate. like I can see Popovich is being emotional and petty only because like that was like the spiral down of like losing Tony, Manu and Tim. And then he loses Kawhi for basically not going to say nothing because he got the Rosen and, and Pirtle obviously, but he loses a chance to contend. Right. 
Um, and he, with and all, I, I with all like, due respect, Amar DeRozan, he take you nowhere in the playoffs. With all due respect. No, like again, like it's not a disrespectful thing to say. Like Kawhi has a better chance to lead you to a championship than the Marta Rosen. That's just Absolutely. the reality of it. And I think that after Popovich had like twenty years of success up until that point, or however long yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, and to have it all ripped away from you because a guy just wanted to leave, I could one hundred percent see why he would be petty. I don't, I wouldn't be all happy about it either because, um, that's a big change in in his life, right? Like. And now yeah. he's tanking, which is weird to see. Well, like, no, it's not, not not tanking. They actually won forty eight. Um, no, no, no. Now I'm saying right now, like it's hilarious yeah, to see pop now because yeah. they they were tanking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I I, I can definitely I can I would 100 percent believe that pop was petty if that report came out. Yeah. Um. The last thing I have here, and then, um, I'm gonna go on a little bit further to get to your playoff spot. Um. Kawhi played his first game on January 3rd, 2019, back in San Antonio as a Raptor. Uh, they lost the game, but the Spurs fans chanted traitor and booed him all game. Um, they were in shoot-around, and Danny Green was going right before Kawhi. They, like, cheered for Green and then turned to straight boos the second Kawhi touched the ball. Popovich hugged Leonard before the game, and post-game said that he was upset that the fans booed him. So I don't know if this was, you know, an attempt to completely repair the relationship or he's just trying to look good for the cameras or whatever. Um, I'm not exactly sure what their relationship is now, but def- definitely heartwarming, to say the least. I mean, they want to ring together. So whatever beefs they have in like 10 years, I don't think, or like however long it's been now, like I don't think they care anymore. Yeah, They want to then- ring. The biggest thing going into Toronto is that they agreed to load manage Kawhi. It's the first time he was really like that game to game load management where he's healthy, but he's still sitting out as opposed to like the Spurs. He was just out to literally figure out what was wrong with his leg. That wasn't load management. That was just him being out this. He only played 60 games, but he was healthy the whole year. He just sat out back to backs. No issue from the team. So he was healthy going into the playoffs. And uh, let's just say it worked out. It was well. worth it. Worked out it was well. worth it. In my opinion, the most surreal moment I've ever witnessed in NBA history was Kawhi's championship run with the Raptors in 2019. Now, I say that phrase confidently because I am Canadian, and only true Canadians will understand how impactful Kawhi and the Raptors were to the country in 2019. That was genuinely the only time I saw the whole country come together and shared joy in a singular moment. Kawhi Leonard was more important to Canadians than the Prime Minister. And if he re-signed and retired in Toronto, we we, could have seen this man be put on the $5 bill when it's all said and done. They would have put that man's face on the $5 bill. He was an icon to Canada. Now, I do remember earlier saying that I'm not going to spew out numbers, but there's a number I really do want to say because it was very impressive to me. And was so eye-popping to me that I had to mention it. In that playoff run, he had 732 points on 62% uh, total scoring percentage. Which is the highest total scoring combination for any player. Oh, he, total scoring or true shooting? TS. Oh, true shooting. Sorry. True shooting. Total scoring. I just Noob. read TS. I said to Noob. Ricky Move. Ricky Move. True shooting. For any player during a true shooting, for it's the highest total for any player during a championship run. He also achieved this if you look at the top 12 players or the top 12 uh, highest scoring playoff runs in a championship run, he's the only guy in that top 12 list to do it in under 500 shots. It's another cool fact I want to throw out at you there. 
Now, I want to again hoop throw a curveball at you because I'm such a good friend. And I want to pick your brain on the spot. And I want to ask you this. If Kawhi re-signs with Toronto in 2019, how many more rings would that squad potentially win? Um, I feel like they're more well-oiled than a team. And, and, and sorry, to add context, he would have signed a five-year deal with them because that was what was on the table at the time. So you could lead, it, it would be up to this point. How many rings would they have won? Assuming that the NBA moved the same way it did, but Kawhi's healthy. It, it, it moved like it's well, still that, the Bucks. That's a the big heat, the if, heat. bro. It is a big if. It is a big if. But, I mean, the situation was different in Toronto, right? Yeah. The Heat make it in 2020. Bucks make it in 2021. Celtics make it in 2022. Well, I'm reading. Played this year. Oh, the Heat I'm, made it again in 2023. I'm trying to remind myself of what the, the roster looked like in 2020. I see it right here. They forrowed the Nets. This is without Kawhi. And they yeah. took the Celtics to seven. I remember the Ananobi game winner. He was 22 at the time. Um, they still had guys like Norman Powell, Sergi Baca, Marcus Saul. Um, they had basically I, the same team without Kawhi. Bro, I'll I'll say they get one. I'll I'll say because I don't think you'll be able to pay some of these dudes. Um, they, they'd have to lose some of them because this this team I'm looking at right now, where it's Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, Ananobi, Powell, Abaka, Marcus All, like that is a core that if you gave them three years, even at the ages they were at, they can seriously contend for all three rings. But I'm assuming that you lose a piece here. Like you got to be somewhat realistic, and I gonna you know I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. pair a fully healthy Raptors team to a, to a break yep. broken down whatever team. But I think they get one. I'll say they're in two finals though, for sure. I I 100% believe they could they could have won one more. I think the East was up for grabs in both 2020 and 2021. I think Absolutely. 2022 would have been the most difficult because I think that Celtic squad was the hardest out of the last four East teams we've seen in the finals. Um, they but, just I mean, got. The, I the mean, Raptors had about... great depth, great superstar with Kawhi. If he's there, great coaching. A big thing, a big reason for me is their home court advantage too. Like. They probably like like that, especially in twenty nineteen. I think the Raptors definitely had the best home court advantage you've ever seen. That was bro, Scotiabank was turned or Air Canada was turned. Jumping. Right. So it, it's I, I think if there was a year for them to win it again, it would have been back to back in twenty twenty. I think they one hundred percent could have taken given the Lakers a run for their money, because if that Heat team has taken two games against the Lakers, what's Kawhi Leonard doing with that Raptors yeah, team, right? Yeah. And I mean, it. You're not. Lo- I mean, even in 2022, um, I'm a known Celtic hater, but I'm yeah. just saying this to try to be somewhat objective. <laughs> They're not Kevin Duranting Kawhi with that Raptors team, where like no, they just trap them. absolutely They're, not. They're not Kevin Durant. And that Raptors team has size. It's not That's the same deal I'm, as like, the Nets. I they could they, see they, a that, couple finals. It's a finals, different man. situation. And the fact that the Celtics were taken in, in some of those games, they went to the clutch with the Nets. Oh my God, the Raptors were. You know what? No, I think in 2020... Yeah, no, they still would have spanked. I still would take the Raptors. I take that back. You're so right. You're so right. And they, they would have got spanked. Bro, the they Raptors low- would be easily the, the beast of the East for Dude, the years that Kawhi's there. And I'm, the last thing I'm thinking about is like the age aspect when you got an aging Serge Ibaka, an yeah, aging yeah. Pau Gasol. I'm sorry, not Pau, Mark. Um, I don't think a... Because uh, it was a 2019, bro. That's like a 38... I'm just talking about guarding Giannis. Like they have length in Siakam and, and uh, 
yeah. Ananobi and Kawhi. Fair. But like yeah, if, yeah, they, yeah. if they could fill a plug there, like they they can make a finals push every year. I agree. I agree. And I don't want to dwell too because we're already at the hour mark. I don't know if you noticed. So we still bro, gotta we'll, talk about I, the Clippers. I, I we got plenty of time, bro. I am chilling. I, this is beautiful. I want to I, I I think this is one of our best deep dives for sure. I think the conversation it's already been fifty five minutes, which is ridiculous to me. I mean I just love Kawhi, but <laughs> I, I do too. And I feel like his time in Toronto was so short and I feel like the regular season was not that significant. And I and I think the championship run speaks for itself. I mean, the only game seven game winning buzzer beater in NBA history. Obviously they played a depleted Warrior squad. There's a conversation where if the Warriors are fully healthy, they don't win that ring, which is, you know, I, I think Kevin Durant played like seven minutes at finals and he already he had like twelve points in the seven minutes he played or something crazy. Um so I, I, I definitely do see that point of it. But at the end of the day, we've seen Kawhi be on the short end of the stick when it comes to the injury bug. So I could care less that the Warriors got injured against them because that's just karma right there for you, right? Like the Warriors had the same exact thing happen to them uh, where Kawhi gets injured. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, well, if the, well, if the Warriors were healthy, no, I could say that about the Warriors in 2018 with the Rockets. Same, or same with position when, when Kawhi was spinning in the, the Warriors, the, they were up 23. Exactly, it's like, the same yeah. thing. Like they yeah. both had the short end of the stick, which is why I'm not going to sit here and and be like, "Well, the Warriors weren't fully healthy." Well, okay, we've oh, that that's cool. We've seen that same Warrior squad get back to back seasons where they got uh, a, a star player injured and they got to face a depleted team that could have beat them. So um, that's all I'm going to say about that Raptors and that championship run. I, I think 100% that ring was fully deserved, and I do not care that the the Warriors were injured because they beat the 76ers and they beat the Bucks in that run. That was a very hard run. The Magic were a joke. Sure, but 76ers... Respect DJ Augustine. See, oh, that game winner game one was crazy. Yeah, 100%. Respect but like, DJ Augustine. But, like, they were a joke compared to the yeah, Raptors. Like, they, yeah, there was yeah, not a yeah. series, right? Um, Sixers and Bucks, though, that's an insane... That's an insane run to get to the final. So, I, I fully credit that Raptors ring. I want to tap into that 2019 offseason, though, and I want to start tapping into... Oh, you, you, we're end of the decade. I know you got a question you wanted to ask. Oh, I thought we were going to do that at the end. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do get, that right now. I'll get there right now. Okay, I guess, yeah, 2019. Where do you rank Kawhi Leonard all time for 2010s? So the 2010s all-time oh. list. The 2010s all-time list. I have Kawhi yeah. fourth. I have him for two. I have LeBron, Steph, KD, Kawhi, and then under Kawhi, I, I have Harden, and under Harden, I have Westbrook. I have LeBron, KD, Steph. Whoa, you have Steph over, or KD over Steph? Yeah. That's where we disagree. Let's talk about the 2010s. I know we're getting off Kawhi, but uh, uh, I, he started I, I, off. I, I'm going to let you know Steph right now. Because, I'm going to let you know Steph right now. I put Steph because more rings, more MVPs, more impact towards winning during the regular season. Kevin Durant flopped a lot in the playoffs with Oklahoma. Um, Curry did have a few flops in the finals, or had a flop in the finals in 2017, sure. But uh, Kevin Durant had the same sort of meltdown in 2016, that same season against Curry anyway. And I think Steph Curry had has more playoff success. He has better regular season success. He, in my, I, I, I think it's, to me, it's, it's close but I put Steph over him. I think Steph rivaled LeBron more than Kevin Durant rivaled LeBron. I would say the Warriors rivaled LeBron more than the than Kevin Durant rivaled LeBron. Um, when you're looking about, when you're thinking of the 2010s, it is from 2010 to 2019. I Steph was not an all-star until 2014. 
that is when like his his production rise to like an elite standard. Kevin sure. Durant from 2010 to 2014, his first five years of that decade had four scoring titles and an MVP. I Steph agree. No, had Kevin his Durant first All Star appearance. He was turning up. I agree. No, Kevin Durant was turning up. I'm an Oklahoma fan. I understand that Kevin Durant, and I have him at third. Like I have no disrespect towards Kevin I Durant, but the think... reason I put Steph over him is because at the end of the day, the objective is to win rings and it's also win during the regular season. The Warriors did a better job at winning in the regular season, the and they Warriors. also did a better job. Yeah, but okay, I can say the same thing as the Thunder. What we're talking about, like, Kevin Durant versus Steph Curry. Exactly, but you're acting as if Kevin Durant was the main one catalyst team, towards the Thunder success. One team has Andre Roberson. And one team does not. Okay, Andre Roberson was an elite defender. Don't say that but, like it. Don't, that, don't say that disrespectfully now. Let's, but and let's, Andre Roberson was there from like 2014 to 20. He wasn't there the whole time. But so let's, let's not. Let's, let's, let's also let's not, were, don't disrespect. And he also bagged Rachel Demita. So let's not let's not start throwing some disrespect okay, okay. at Andre hey, Roberson. Shout, shout out Andre. So <laughs> let's take that statement back. Okay, you want to say we had Kendrick <laughs> Perkins? All right, fine. You want to say we had like Derek uh, Fisher for a minute? Okay, cool. Don't be talking about Andre Roberson like that. I guess. All I'm saying, I feel like the Thunder going into the decade led by Kevin Durant. Um, first off, like he was second in MVP, MVP voting. How many? You you know better than me. Four to Three, five seasons. Four to every five single, seasons. Every single one of Andy, Andy won, won, So that's five years where he's top two MVP voting. Steph yeah. won the two. But I don't think he was top three any other year. Well, because Kevin Durant joined the team. But I could say the same thing about Kevin Durant. I can say the same thing about Kevin Durant not being top three MVP voting because he played with Steph Curry. I think okay, the but, separator. But Kevin Durant made that weak, weak ass bro, decision to go on. to the Warriors. <laughs> you just hate Steph Kevin got Durant, drafted, bro. <laughs> Steph got drafted in the Warriors and he won with the Warriors before Kevin Durant and he went to back to back finals and he did what Kevin Durant couldn't do and he beat LeBron James in the finals. <laughs> I, I have you in a crock pot right now. The issue is you just hate Kevin Durant so much. I, it's not, not a crock pot. It's not crazy <laughs> to say that Steph Curry was better than Kevin Durant in the 2010. No, that's not. That's it's not crazy. Better, but talking greater, it's very greater difficult. It's very difficult for me to ignore or to devalue the first half of the decade so much to the point where we're. Not erasing, but we're diminishing the value of first off an MVP and MVP placements, but also scoring right. titles and very good teams that were young, a team right. that went right. on to play LeBron in the final, a team that he led to the finals, and yeah. a team that, well, I know, right? I love Russell Westbrook. You love Russell Westbrook. Him mixed with Roberson, mixed with a non-shooting center, is not with with Tabo Cephalosha. It's in an era where you have these other super teams running around with that kind of talent that meshes better with the way that Russ has moved around in his career and hasn't really meshed with other stars in a way that produces that much playoff success. I'm not going to say that I am like protecting Kevin Durant because all oh, he played with Russ, he's not expected to win, but it's much different from Steph playing with Clay and Draymond and Iguodala, nice vets that the Thunder weren't as well constructed as the Warriors. So when it comes to team success and Steph leading his team to more wins, Steph having more playoff success, um, I don't want to say that Steph underperforms more than Kevin Durant. I'd, I'd really have to go back and look because I understand Steph has uh, finals wins and whatnot. Uh, you know, he has that went alone in that decade. Right. But I don't want to, you know, completely discredit 
Durant because he didn't do that. And it's a lot more situational than I think you're making it out to be. And I'm not with the fact it's it's the fact that he was so dominant in the beginning of the decade. I don't want to let yeah. this late warrior stuff and like the snake decision yeah, yeah. and all that to diminish his early career. I got KD over Steph I for agree. that decade. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm not discrediting him at all, and that's why I have him at third, right? But at the end of the day, I have to choose somebody at second. Do I choose Steph or do I choose Kevin Durant? And the reason I choose Steph is for this reason. Number one, from 2010 to 2014, yes, you're right. That first, The first four years of the decade, Kevin Durant was a baller, and he was a baller for the whole decade. Don't think I'm only singling out this, this section of his career. But I also look at it from this perspective where it's like, well, I think Kevin Durant was the better player in the first half. I think Steph Curry was the much better player in the second half. I think I would much rather have Steph Curry because you, you also got to remember, as an Oklahoma fan, like I understand. I've, I've seen this perspective, perspective where it's like it's – it's more so like the fact that he couldn't succumb to the pressure. And it's more so the fact that it, it almost seemed like he just gave up on the team where it's like, it, it, it was like a fold, a, a folding job mentally from a superstar that honestly made me lose that. Like, okay, do I want this guy to be my number one option? Because if things go South, it's not going to work. Well, I do think Kevin Durant talent wise is better than Stephen Curry. Of course he is. He's seven foot and, and he's, a, he's an incredible talent, of course. I'm not saying he isn't. Let's look, also look at it from the perspective where it's like, okay, if things are going to go through the mud, if things are going to go south, like, can I rely on this guy? And he proved in Oklahoma you can't. Can you, you can't rely on Kevin Durant. So 2016 is the perfect reason why. He, it was, it was, it, it's reported, by the way, that he gave up on that team before that season even started. Like, he, did, he knew he wasn't going to be there. He knew he didn't want to be there. It's as if he didn't want to play up to par to what Kevin Durant is, and he instead brought his level down to the rest of that Oklahoma squad. Can you and rely this was proven... on Stephen Curry to yes, rise up Yes, I think 2015 the... proved. I think 2015 what... proved that. What about 2016? 2016, he had a meltdown. I agree, but 2016, Kevin Durant had that same meltdown in that same season or in, in, against Steph Curry in that same playoff run. So, so are we... I'm, I'm not going to use that meltdown against the fact are we that not, Kevin are we Durant... Not, are we not even? They both, they both had they meltdowns? They both had a meltdown in 2016, but Steph Curry got the job done in 2015. And he also has a unanimous MVP. He went back-to-back in MVP voting, and the 2010s was the decade that he became the greatest shooter of all time. Which is why I put Steph Curry at two. I think Steph Curry rivaled LeBron, and I think Steph Curry—I think Steph Curry rivals LeBron more than Kevin Durant rivals LeBron. And LeBron's placed at number one, and the bigger rival to LeBron James is who I'm going to put at number two. The number I, two spot for the 2010s. Here's how the 2010s works for me. It's LeBron James era. No matter how you view it, it's the LeBron James era. And the number two spot is who pissed LeBron James off the most. Who was the scariest threat yeah, to LeBron James? To me, it's Steph Curry. To me, it's Steph Curry. That's fair. But we got to talk about Kawhi Leonard. And we're... Let's go back to Kawhi. That's a, that's a nice little little segue. I, I think, just, I, I'll I say just this. think you're valuing too Either much answer, success. That's what I'm saying. I, but at the end of the day, you know what? Like you, that That's fair, right? It's fair to say that. But at the end of the day, I've also seen Kevin Durant not not rise to the occasion in certain ah. moments, which is why I don't I want to I don't want to place him there. And I've also seen Steph Curry not rise I, to the right, occasion. Right, but I've seen Steph Curry also rise to the occasion and get the job done in 2015. And he also has back-to-back MVPs, one of them unanimous. And he also became the greatest shooter of all time in that in that season or in that decade. Like they both have had let's their just, iffy let's moments. Just go, they both I have gotta... had their iffy moments. Here's my point: they both have had their iffy moments, but Steph Curry's pros outweigh Kevin Durant's pros to me. Let's move on. And I'm saying, as a as a player, you have a book. I'm taking Steph over Kevin Durant, but um, for the greater 2010s player, for someone to be a top two player in the league. For four years, while someone is in top 15, top 20, that means a lot to me. But let's move on. Well, he wasn't even in the... Okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. He had the inj- injuries in the ankles, but... Yeah, I'm um, saying it's... Before, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I get... Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. 
let's just let's just throw it. I think either answer is correct. I think either way you look at it, there's a there's an argument. Fair. Before we tap into this Clippers era, okay, I want to discuss a little bit on the decision making from Kawhi's end on leaving the Raptors for the Clippers. Now, while I do understand that Kawhi simply just wanted to play in his home state, I want I want the viewers to really grasp for those who especially who are new to basketball, I want you to really grasp what he left on the table when he decided not to sign with the Raptors. Not only was Kawhi offered a five-year, $190 million deal, by the way, at the time, other teams were only able to offer a four-year, $141 million deal. This was before the huge inflation we're seeing in contracts right now. The city and the country really showed (laughs) how dedicated we were to Kawhi. Businesses and Canadians came together and offered Kawhi more than any human being can possibly ask for. Number one, he got a $30 million penthouse offered to him for free. And there was this new rule that would have been implemented called Kawhi and Dine, where dozens and dozens of restaurants and bars across Toronto came together to offer Kawhi free food, rides, and shop perks for life. Tattoo shops were saying, you'll get inked up for free whenever you'd like. If Kawhi Leonard walked into a business establishment in Toronto, he's not paying. He does not pull out his wallet. They would have literally given him whatever he wanted. The city, the city, business owners, all these guys literally came together and said, if you stay, you will literally never touch your wallet. You will live like a king. It will literally be like GTA money glitch where you just, you don't even have to think. You just go and do stuff. And Kawhi left that to go sign with the Clippers. Now, it is rumored that Kawhi talked to Paul George, which led to Paul George telling OKC to trade him to the Clippers so he can team up with Kawhi. OKC, knowing the cards were in their hand, the Clippers were forced to give up a lot to get Paul George, and as you know, no Paul George meant no Kawhi for the Clippers. This started one of the most disappointing superstar duos we've seen in recent NBA history, and this isn't due to their performances. In the four seasons Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have been together, they have only played 142 games with a record of 96-46. to when both guys are on the court. Meaning that Kawhi and Paul George only played together for 46.1% of the games that could have been played together in their time in LA. If you do the math, they have a 67.6% win rate together, which roughly equates to a 55-win season if they were to hypothetically play a full 82-game season together. Although the Clippers have never once had a 50-plus win season since the duo joined the team, obviously due to the absence of each other, a great point to note is that during the first two seasons, they only played 72 games, and the first season, they got 49 games, so you could assume they got 50 had there been a regular 82, but the last two seasons were 42 and 44 wins, respectively. I bring up all these random stats and math that I did to bring up the main downfall of this Clippers experiment and why I think it's one of the biggest disappointments we've ever seen. Injuries. Kawhi, in his first four seasons with the Clippers, has only played 161 games during the regular season, missing, missing an entire season in 21-2022. Paul George, in his four seasons with the Clippers, has played 189 games during the regular season. And since 2020, we have not seen a full playoff run from the Clippers where both star players are healthy. This is obviously going to transition into Hoop, who obviously is going to go more into depth on their playoff woes and injuries. But I wanted to give a little bit of context on how the injury bug affected them during the regular season. This is my turn. All right. Uh, so, I mean, as far as playoffs go, he's only had 26 games with the Clippers. 
Um, but of those, uh, I kind of like ruled out games that I would consider duds. He's had three of them. And I don't mean to rule out as in, I'm just telling you like how many duds he's had of the 26. This is like very poor shooting, maybe like a disappearing act, um, like sub 40%, just like bad play. He's had three of those. To put that into perspective, Kevin Durant with Brooklyn has played 16 playoff games. He's had four duds, right? Three for 26, four for 16. To put in perspective how good of a playoff performer Kawhi Leonard is, a lot of these also, uh, I'd have, I don't know how many, some without Paul George due to some stupid injury. So he's getting a lot of defensive pressure on him. Spraying knee this season. Um, and Kawhi didn't play any playoff games 2022, right, out the whole year. This year, the the two he played, he looked like he was going to beat the Suns. Um, he, in two games, 34 and a half points, six assists, six, six assists, six and a half rebounds, 55% shooting. Like his field goal percentage all time throughout his entire career rises like 2% in the playoffs. It yeah. usually drops for most players like 3 or 4%. It rises. You forgot, Leonard, a, real, you forgot uh, a really good stat from that Sun series. How was it? He also averaged watching Westbrook have a game-saving block in game one. <laughs> that, bro, Russ is going to get his own deep dive scene. That was, that, oh, that was incredible. Uh, that was incredible. Um, but uh, where was I saying? Um, oh, Kawhi Leonard, by the way, I feel like is one of the most underrated shooters of all time, like three-point shooters. One of the few superstars who is literally 40% for his career in the playoffs. Um, yeah. This includes those early years where like in in the year he won the ring with uh, San Antonio, 42%. Recently, he's taken like five, six threes a game. 40%, 38%, 45% on volume. And it's yeah. not talked about because he's not a, a guard chucker, like a, a Harden, a Lillard, a Steph that we see with like the flashy stuff. He's but if calm. you go watch the endings of those 2021 playoff games where he's playing like the Mavs in the not the full bubble like the bubble setting where like they have like the tarps yeah, 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 over yeah, the yeah. end of the bench bro to ice games he's like doing a little tween step back like yeah. deep threes to match Luca, like just bobs um so in the playoffs he's just such an amazing perimeter player but he's also like we mentioned before like that untouchable high release fadeaway where he, he gets a, a smaller player yeah. on him and it's it's just unblockable yeah. Um, it's one of the smoothest jump shots in the game. And for someone that's like labeled as a defensive star and like obviously a, a good score, his, his shooting ability is he goes unconscious sometimes. His um, mid range is so underrated, by the way. He might have a top five mid range of all time. And all right, well, I was talking about that another day. I'm just talking like from a three point shooting perspective as well. Like you could talk about this guy in all different aspects of the game and he's becoming a better playmaker and. Oh, I don't want to get into it because he would have, bro. He would have been so good, top fifteen all time. I sw I swear on my life. Uh, but in the twenty twenty one playoffs, this is like some of the most impressive stuff that we've seen from Kawhi. And I really think that this is where his prime would be if never the if it never were for the injuries. He went down o two in the first two series he played. I don't know if I remember seeing that stuff on Twitter where it was like Kawhi like half flesh face, half robot. It's yeah. like the man, whenever he's down 0-2, he just comes back. And it was against the, the Mavs and then the, the Utah Jazz. Um, in game threes of those two series, I combined the stats. Uh, so the game three against the Mavs where he was down 0-2 and the game three against the Jazz where he was down 0-2. 
combined shot 27 for 41, 70 points on those two games. When he when his back's against the wall, 27 for 41 shooting. Wait, when what? the defense is locked in on the best player, he turns up. You go look at the individual stats. 65.8% or 65.9% from the field. My dog is praising Kawhi Leonard right now. I don't know yeah. why. That's probably, that's probably a dog going outside right now. But I'm going to keep talking. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say is that round one, this is against the Mavericks, in game seven, 10 for 15 shooting, 28 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists, four steals. Like, this is some intense rise to the occasion. From like, I've never heard your quiet, dog man. freak out that much. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be quiet, man. Yeah. It's like thunderstorms outside. So, apologies. Oh, that's probably right. Shout uh, out, Ryder. Yeah. All I'm saying is, like, I mean, I don't want to run through all these stats, but I, but I could. And you saw what he did this year against the Suns in limited time, and then he had the yeah, yeah, yeah. MCL sprain. But it's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, is, that's recent stuff, too. Like, no exaggeration. I mean, we're talking about how great of a mid range shooter he is. I, I can't attest to that unless I look deeper into it. Undeniably, though, one of the best playoff risers we've seen. I should reword that. I, I mean, like, sad, like not like stat wise, just like looking at him, like lo- watching him, like shoot at mid range. Oh, shot. It's, it's pure. Just, it's, it's pure. pure. It's money. It's money. I should have reworded that. I just didn't want to cut you off. I have a great question for you, Don. I think it's a great way to end off the episode in terms of the last banter question we want to ask. Assuming fully healthy since they've joined up, how many rings does this Clipper squad have in the last four, last four seasons? They win 2021. Absolutely. They steamroll 2021. Yep. I have to not steamroll. The Bucks, the Bucks were nice. But uh, I, I'll, I'll say one. But they get to another finals. Where, whoa, so you think two finals, one ring? Uh, I don't guy this. I feel like those 2022 Warriors would have. Uh, had, I think had their they hands win three full, rings. Man. Also, I think fully healthy, they three. get three rings. I think 2021, 2022, and 2023. I mean, I picked them to win the ring this year, but I don't know. I have them winning all three years, those three years, and you want to know why? Is because I picked them every single season if they're healthy. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. So they're my championship <laughs> favorite. So I'm gonna have to say that hypothetically speaking, like if if I gotta stay ten toes on my opinion here. I think they win 2021, 2022, 2023. I think 2020 is harder because of the Lakers, and they were like peak Lakers at that time. Um, Screw it. Three straight. I think three straight. Screw it. Think three straight. Because that's what you thought. If you think they're going to win those yeah, seasons at the beginning of the season, why are you going to take back it out? I that's think true. they went three straight. And if you and if we're talking, I mean, this is some nasty hypothetical stuff. We did the Paul George deep dive. If yeah. he never had those injury issues. Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh man, I hate talking about injuries. It makes me so sad. The I, worst is is finding the injury out in the moment, and you're like, oh. I hate like, basketball, bro, you know how man. Pissed I was in that Sun series, bro. and we almost won some games with Batum on the court. Fourth quarter, fourth quarter. Why the heck Yelling. Batum? In? Why is Batumin? <laughs> bro, like Eric he, Gordon tried his best. The best quote. Yo, Shout out yo, the thumb. If you if you uh, if you listen to the podcast for a while, you know that we've had our good friend Zach Schwartz on two episodes. And I think the best thing that man has ever told me is he DM'd me because obviously I'm a big Russ fan. We go back and forth during the season all the time about Russ. He DMs me and he goes, Batum is really out here filling the rings on his Apple Watch. And I've never agreed with a statement more in my life. He had a game winner against the Knicks earlier this season, and it was so painful. It was so painful because that I think that's the worst way to lose. Nah, but shut up, Batum. I'm hating. I'm not a hater, bro. I just like cracking jokes. He's a so he's a solid uh, six foot eight center to Tyloo. Solid, 
Solid. But I, I think we're coming near the end of this deep. This was great. I really like Kawhi is a very interesting player to look into. I also really enjoyed that KD <laughs> Steph debate. Um, yeah, I did too. Maybe, I think we should have another you discussion. You know what we should you. do? Can you pose multiple questions on the Spotify thing? Yes, do I will. Bro, put who was better in the 2010s? Kawhi, That's a KD great question. Or, or if you've, maybe, if you've listened maybe, up to this maybe point. Instead, maybe instead to get uh, to see who won our debate, you could say who debated their point better. Who won the debate? As opposed to like, oh, oh, oh what? What? Nah, because people love We're going to have Steph... a whole bunch of hoopology merchants Cause, coming no, here. Because people love Steph Curry. Curry. The kid. Because people love Steph Curry. So they're right, like, right. oh, Steph's better than KD. Uh, I, I'll also say this. I mean, I forgot to plug this in halfway through the episode, so I'm going to start doing that more in the deep dives. But to all the people who interact with our Spotify polls, we do read everything, and it is so dope to see it. So if you're a Spotify listener, please make sure to interact because we really, really do appreciate your feedback. And I'm not saying just... Fe- if you have something you want to criticize, which we've gotten some of it, please say it because we, we truly do take everything there. We do try to improve the show any way we can. Uh, the YouTube comments as well. I've seen I've been seeing more and more of those. That's been great to read. Again, we appreciate the love. Make sure to always let us know how you guys feel about the show. Um, I'm going to definitely make the polls a lot more interactive for you guys. Make sure to also rate us on Spotify. Rating us five stars goes a long way and it really helps us as a show. Make sure to subscribe if you're listening through YouTube. And if you're listening through Apple Music, I know you think I'm not showing you any love. I love you, Apple Music. And I want to give you Apple a kiss goodnight. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. With the episode. And I want to kiss listener. your forehead. I want to kiss your forehead <laughs> and tuck you in at night and let you know that you're going to have sweet dreams. Okay? Um, but this was a great episode. Hoop, as always, me and you killed it, I think. And I'm excited to see who's going to be next week. Yo, I, shout I will... out Hoop, by the way. If you, if you haven't checked Dwight Howard's Instagram, uh, he literally made a video for Dwight Howard. Yeah, that, that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, hoping to get him on the podcast one time. I, oh, oh but, um, hey, Dwight, we need you here, man. We need hey, a Taiwan segment. Got to push that, bro. Jokic don't stand a chance. It gets primed to white. No, you <laughs> don't. You see that stuff? Yeah, I did. Hey, shout out I to white. Shout out to white. But uh, this was a great episode. We appreciate you guys so much for listening and keep make sure to stay tuned because, uh, like we said, we're gonna be consistent with them. I think we've been getting better as each episode comes along. Um, so, uh, thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Peace. Later.